Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth. Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Let's see here. It's 3 March. It's uh, Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And I see my wife got here. She's on time today. Um, I, I just want everybody to know, I said this last week, it happened in between last Sunday and this Sunday, that my beautiful wife had a birthday this past week. And so uh, I want to wish her a very, very happy birthday. After uh, 34 and three-quarter years of living with me, this is, this is an amazing woman, I can tell you that. And yeah, she, she puts up with a whole bunch of stuff. And so I just want to pass that on, that I've got the best wife in the world, and she's another year older. Um, I have a bandana that was given to me. I'm not wearing it now, but I have a bandana that was given to me by the Marcus family. And I want to thank them very much for it. I cannot wear it. It's the same color as the blue screen. This happens from time to time. But it's got um, lighthouses and nautical things. I love, you know, that's the kind of thing I love is I, because I live on the water my whole life. Grandpa moved out on the island 1948 when there were 200 people on Siesta Key. Now imagine that. So now there's what, 30,000 or something. But uh, it was just a teeny little place. It was uh, uh, mosquitoes galore. There were people that uh, just were kind of rejects from society living out there, the fishermen and the booze runners and all that. And he just saw how charming it was, despite the, uh, you know, the roads were bad. There were snakes all over the place. You had Florida Panthers out there. And uh, anyway, they sent that bandana to me, and it just stirred my heart. So I want to thank them for that, and I'll wear it on the Thursday night Bible study. And let's see here. We have, oh, I want to highlight some people that are here today. They've come all the way from Hawaii to join us. This is his third time here. It's Chris McCausland and his wife. And what is your your wife's name again? Maria. Maria. I'm sorry, Maria. I, you know, I, I should remember that, but you got me off guard this morning. And so they've come all the way from there just to, uh, they flew in last night they're here for the service, and they're flying back tomorrow. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway, no, but they're here visiting in Florida, and it's always an honor to have you guys here. And then the rest of you know Scott, who comes down from Clearwater from time to time, and I thank you so much for making the effort coming down all this way. So uh, uh, having said that, our first category, as always, is Israel. And, oh, you know, one thing, one more thing. I've been meaning to do this now for about a year and a half, and I keep forgetting. And I tell my daughter, I need you to remind me. And then um, uh, she, my daughter, lives up in uh, Long Island. Is that, the, is that where it is, Long Island? It's the big island. Yeah, okay, in New York. And she works with somebody that actually watches this Prophecy Update. And imagine that. There's two conservatives in New York. Well, anyway, um, so I want to send a hello to Marnie. Her name is Marnie Kelly, and she's got a couple of daughters. They're um, Kim and Carrie are their names, I think. And so I just wanted, I want to say hello to you guys, because I've been meaning to do that for like years, and I always forget and it came to mind. So there you go. Um, our first category, as always, is Israel. And our first article is from Fox News. Uh, spreading like a poison, anti-Semitic acts increase in France. Now, we've gone through this a couple times in the past year, but it made the news again in several news services. So here we go. A spate of anti-Semitic incidents has accompanied France's yellow vest protests in recent weeks, which have been going on for weeks and weeks, uh, raising fears that the movement is stirring up hatred in the nation that is home to Europe's largest Jewish population. And that is a fact. It is doing that. 
you know, as these things continue to devolve, these yellow vest protests, they're going to find somebody to blame, and it could be the Jews, but that seems to be the direction they're going right now. From Breitbart, Jewish population of Paris suburbs rapidly decreasing. As France experiences a rise in anti-Semitism, the heavily migrated populated Paris suburbs are seeing their Jewish communities dwindle as families choose to move away. Over 15 years, numbers of Jewish populations or families have collapsed in a series of municipalities in the Seine-Saint-Denis, I guess that's how you pronounce it, district. There are those who can and want to go to Israel, and there are those who cannot financially or who do not want for various reasons. But they also know that they can no longer live where they live, and therefore they choose to settle elsewhere in France. The profile of the perpetrators of anti-Semitic attacks has changed. Ten years ago, anti-Semitic acts were committed by adults who had strong prejudices about Jews, like the fact that they have a lot of money. Today, it is mostly 14 to 15-year-olds bathed in fantasies about the Israeli-Fakistanian issue who commit them. So, in other words, there's people that are jealous of Jewish wealth, and that's being transferred to people who are Muslims who are angry at Jews because of the situation down there. And if there was no Israel, they'd still be angry at the Jews. They'd still find a reason to do this. So there you go. That's what's going on in France right now. From Jerusalem Post, something kind of cool. Israel unveils Raphael's new advanced bunker buster missile called Rocks. Yes, with tension still high between Israel and Iran. A new air-to-surface long-range missile designed to destroy targets deep underground in heavily defended areas has been developed by Israeli defense giant Raphael Advanced Defense Systems, dubbed Rocks. The innovative missile is presented for the first time at the Aero India air show in Bangalore, India. The new missile is equipped with penetration or blast fragmentation warhead that is capable of destroying targets above the surface or deep underground in heavily surface-to-air defended areas. It can be used against quality targets, whether stationary or mobile, and even in areas where the enemy uses countermeasures against GPS systems. It uses INS GPS for mid-course navigation, while homing on to the target is performed by using its EO Seeker and advanced image processing algorithms, which ensures hitting targets with great precision, overcoming GPS jamming or denial. So if you have a GPS jamming system nowadays, it's no longer effective because Israel has overcome that one. Sorry, guys. It will be launched from a significant standoff range far beyond the usual coverage areas of enemy air defense systems. It performs a high-velocity trajectory toward the target, reducing the exposure of the aircraft as well as improving the chances of successfully hitting targets. ROCKS provides a cutting-edge and cost-effective solution that combines several combat-proven technologies inherited from the latest-generation SPICE system. So that's great stuff. I love how Israel is always innovative in the war industry and... uh, they're, they're actually moving ahead of America in many areas in this regard. From Jerusalem Post, Australian, I just included this because I'm happy to see it, okay? Australian Prime Minister, we will stand by Israel every step of the way. Australia's Prime Minister Scott Morrison vowed that his country will continue to stand with Israel. And I'm going to stop there. I'm going to say that if you wonder, because you've heard the term replacement theology, and you know that 
replacement theology is wrong. Or you may be watching, you say, well, I don't believe that because we have people that come in, trolls all the time, and they say, they try to harm the people that are posting on YouTube about, well, that's not true, and the church has replaced Israel and all that. Jim did a great commentary on that before we started today, and that will be uh, uploaded to YouTube. It's the opening comments of the superior word. And the Bible itself tells you that, let me take you to the verse, and this will whet your appetite of what um, what um, Jim opened with. It's from the book of Amos. 9.15. 9.15. Hang on a second here. Okay, here's what it says. I will plant them in their land, and no longer shall they be pulled up. From the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. The question is, which he proposed, were they uprooted? Yes, they were taken to Babylon, right? Were they brought back from there? Yes. Okay, it says, read it again, I will plant them in their land and no longer shall they be pulled up, says the Lord your God. Now, I skipped the middle part, but they will no longer be pulled up, says the Lord your God. That is an unconditional statement by God that Israel will be in the land someday. If they were exiled in AD 70 and then brought back, it cannot be referring to the AD exile, the AD 70 exile, because they were taken up again in AD 70. I'm sorry, not the AD 70, the 686, uh, that's right, the Babylonian exile for 70 years. I got my 70s mixed up. So they were exiled, they came back. That cannot be what Amos was speaking about because they were exiled again in AD 70. And now they're back in the land. And the Lord says, I will never pull them up again, says the Lord your God. Okay. There you go. He talked about that. He went into the covenant with the people from Leviticus 26. First, he talks about the covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then he speaks of the covenant with Moses, meaning the law of Moses, okay? There is no doubt at all that Israel's in the land. So why does Charlie Garrett support Israel? It's because God has planted them in the land. Why are we right in this nation? to support Israel, even though they're not right with the Lord. I'm not making that argument in any way, shape, or form. It is because God has planted them back in the land. And this bears on the attitude of the Australians as well. Supporting them, for whatever reason, they are doing the right thing for whatever reason they're doing it. Okay, here's what he said. He lauded the historic relationship and friendship between the two countries on the 70th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic ties between Australia and Israel. So a year or so after they became a nation, Australia established diplomatic ties with them. All right. On this anniversary, we remember that Australia was central to the establishment of Israel. In 1947, Australia chaired the committee that recommended the partition to the United Nations General Assembly, which then voted in favor of dividing the territory of mandatory Palestine. Now, we did so because in the words of our then prime minister, we believed that the new nation of Israel will be a force of special value in the world community. He explained that Israel's recognition was fair and just, and this remains as true today as it was then. Despite your success, there are many in the world today who continue to seek to bully Israel, and we won't be a part of that, and we won't put up with it, and we will stand by Israel every step of the way, he said. When we see that, whether it's at the UN or elsewhere, what we will do is call it out because we know the standard you walk past is the standard you accept. In other words, if you walk past something that is wrong, you're accepting it. So very well said. Christian news today from the Christian Post. 
you know, last week I talked about discernment, people needing discernment, and I talked about the uh, guy in Africa that obviously there wasn't a lot of discernment, people following him. Here's one in America. Texas prophet followers called Jesus in the flesh shown in sex tape with multiple women. So he's calling himself a prophet. His followers call him Jesus in the flesh, and here he's in a sex tape. Self-styled Texas prophet and internet preacher Joshua Holmes, who went viral in recent months for his ministry theatrics that led many of his female followers to start calling him Jesus in the flesh, has been captured in a leaked video recordings indulging in explicit sexual activity with two women who are not his wife. Holmes, whom many critics have dismissed as a dangerous departure from Orthodox Christianity, you, you think, has been defended by his followers as Jesus in the flesh, as he professes healings and money miracles. The Christian Post previously reported on a one-minute video promotion for his ministry showing women and men swooning with the wave of a jacket, sounds like Benny Hinn, or what appeared to be mere breath from his mouth. Well, he might have really had bad breath, you never know, but... Anyway, for all you haters, if you don't know Prophet Joshua Holmes, you ain't got the Holy Spirit. That's all I got to say. A young woman noted in a viral video on Facebook dismissing critics of the preacher. So she's so deluded after he's done this, she's still supporting him. He is changing lives every day. He is Jesus in the flesh. He is very tangible. He's got the power of God on him. Despite his apparent infidelity, Holmes doled out teachings in a recent video he posted on Periscope. He says he will keep his followers out of poverty and help them never commit another sin. Yeah, yeah you know, discernment. That's what we need in this world because people are actually following this guy. They're sending him millions of dollars. He's becoming wealthy, and he's doing all these things that he shouldn't be doing in the process. There is no discernment in people today. And why? It comes down to this and this alone. People do not read this. People do not know this. The more prophecy updates that you watch, the less you, time you're spending reading your Bible or watching sermons of decent value, which will teach you about the Bible. And therefore, you are part of the problem. I have to tell you that. That's, that's all there is to it. There is something that needs to be said for discernment, and it cannot come apart from the Word of God. And I'm talking about spiritual discernment. It doesn't come through injection of the Holy Spirit. In the Bible... Filling of the Holy Spirit is, can anybody tell me? Passive. It's passive in the Greek. In other words, it's not active, okay? Does a cup fill itself or does somebody else fill that cup? That's right. There are certain things that you have to do in order to be saved, in order for the Holy Spirit to fill you. You're allowing yourself to be filled. You get it through fellowship with Christians. You get it through reading the Bible. You get it through... Uh, prayer to God. Those are the type of things that will fill you with the Holy Spirit. By you doing something, you're opening yourself up and allowing the Holy Spirit to fill you. It is not active in the Bible, ever, in Paul's writings. And those things that do are post. Those are post-salvation. That's correct. That does not happen until you're saved. From the Jerusalem Post, evangelizing is wrong, say nearly half of Christian millennials. Yep. The vast majority of practicing Christian millennials believe that knowing Jesus is the best thing that could happen to someone. Woohoo! While nearly half believe evangelizing is wrong. Tell me, that's not a contradiction in thought. In a study, the Barner Group, a research center that tracks faith and spirituality in American life, reported that 94% of 
practicing American Christians agreed that the best thing that could ever happen to someone is for them to know Jesus. On the other hand, the same studies found that 47% of Christian millennials believe that evangelism is wrong. Specifically, they believe that it's wrong to share one's personal beliefs with someone of a different faith in hopes that they will one day share that same faith. So it's okay for them to go to hell because you're too arrogant or too whatever PC to simply tell them that Jesus is the way to be saved. That's a real problem there. Part of their unwillingness to share their faith seems to be that the millennials believe that people are more likely now to be offended PC by someone who shares their faith. How sad, how absolutely sad that people think it's wrong to share their faith. It's the greatest thing in their life and they won't share it. How'd they find out? Yeah, how'd they find out? Guess what? From the Washington Times, Vatican has a secret process to deal with priests that father children. The Vatican has established processes to deal with priests who father children, a Holy See spokesperson confirmed. So this has been going on for years and years. I can confirm that these guidelines exist. Alessandro Grisotti, director of the Holy See press office, wrote to the New York Times. It is an internal document. He explained that the document focuses on the protection of the child and requests that the priest leave the order to assume his responsibilities as a parent by devoting himself exclusively to the child. Vincent Doyle, who discovered he was the son of a priest, first informed the Times about the guidelines and said that others like him are called children of the ordained. They even have a special title for him. The children are sometimes born from affairs, while others are from cases of child abuse. Como News. Dope Francis says, church attackers are linked to the devil. Yes, Dope Francis said that those who are constantly attacking the church are linked to the devil. Francis, well, I must be because I'm always attacking the church. That church, not the true church. Anyway, uh, he said that the church's defects must be announced in order to correct them. But he said that those who do so without love and spend their lives accusing the church are either the devil's friends or relatives. It's just, you know, just it's it's all just we're okay. You be quiet. We'll take care of our problems from the Christian Post. United Methodist Church upholds position against homosexuality, same sex marriage. Okay, that sounds like a great thing, right? The problem is and I we were talking about this at mission work yesterday. The problem is that the yeast is already in the dough with the UMC. Okay, Paul says a little yeast leavens the whole lump. Okay. In other words, once it's in there, it's done. Now, they overthrew this once again for the 10th time in a row, 15th time in a row. They keep, but the problem is that people are even suggesting that homosexuals should be ordained in the UMC. That is a problem all by itself. There's another problem allowing somebody that is in an ordained position to come in with LGBT colors on them, which it was like a rainbow party there at the UMC. Okay. So the only reason why this was not approved. The only reason why it was not approved was because of the African Congress of the UMC who has a vote in this. All right. All they're going to do is they're going to ordain more bad preachers and more, uh, you know, promote more people to bishop positions and it will happen. It is inevitable. The UMC is done. But here's what it says from Fox News. This is only a quote from a prominent African United Methodist pastor. We Africans are not children in need of Western enlightenment when it comes to the church's sexual ethics. The Reverend Jerry Kula, dean at Methodist Theology School in Liberia, said in a speech over the weekend, we stand with the global church, not a culturally liberal 
church elite in the United States. If it wasn't for him and people like him, it would have been approved this time. And it will be approved. They're going to outdo the uh, African churches, and we're going to have a completely gone UMC. It's already gone in America. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine anybody attending a UMC church anymore, but whatever. From Islam today, Xinhua. China data leak exposes vast high-tech surveillance operation in Xinjiang. A Chinese surveillance firm is tracking the movements of more than 2.5 million people in the far west Xinjiang region, according to a data leak flagged by a Dutch internet expert. An online database containing names, ID card numbers, birth dates, and location data was left unprotected for months by Shenzhen-based facial recognition technology firm SenseNet's technology. Exposed data also showed about 6.7 million location data points linked to the people which were gathered within 24 hours, tagged with descriptions such as mosque, hotel, internet cafe, and other places where surveillance cameras were likely to be found. China has faced an outcry from activists, scholars, foreign governments, and UN rights specialists over what they call mass detentions and strict surveillance of the mostly Muslim Uyghur minority and other Muslim groups who call Xinjiang home. The Chinese government has ramped up personal surveillance in Xinjiang over recent years, including the construction of an extensive video surveillance system and smartphone monitoring technology. So the world is an uproar that China is monitoring the Muslim area of their country, okay? Well, when they are the ones that cause most of the trouble, that's where you do your surveillance. Unfortunately, in America, we have such high PC that we can't, when somebody walks through a line at an airport and there's a woman with a burqa on and you don't even know what she looks like, they won't touch her, but they'll go to the grandmother that's 97 years old in a wheelchair, Right? Or they're scared of the autistic kid that's hanging on to mom like this, and they'll take him in the back room and they'll do a, a check on him. But they won't identify the problem. China is identifying the problem. And secondly, China monitors everybody in their society. This is not them showing any undue uh, surveillance to the Muslims. It just happens to be that they are also surveilling the Muslims. So let's go on. Telegraph. Saudi Crown Prince defends. China's right to put Uyghur Muslims in concentration camp. This is MBS Mohammed bin Salman, Saudi Arabia's crown prince, defended China's use of concentration camp for Muslims, saying it was Beijing's right. China has the right to carry out anti-terrorism and de-extremism work for its national security, said Prince Mohammed. All right, he's been in China signing multi-million dollar trade deals, much to the annoyance of his Western allies. He was quoted as saying on Chinese state television, Z, I can't pronounce his name without getting my friend angry. It's, well, how did I say um, something ping pong? And oh, Xi Ping, Z Xi Ping, China's leader, told the crown prince the two countries must strengthen international cooperation on de radicalization to prevent the infiltration and spread of extremist thinking. The Uyghurs are an ethnic Turkic group that practices Islam and lives in Western China and parts of Central Asia. Now, remember that. They are actually of Turkic origins, all right? Recep Tayyip Erdogan, Turkey's president, became the first to condemn Beijing. However, describing China's treatment of its Uyghur population as a great cause of shame for humanity last month and asking it to close the concentration camps. Now, we have Erdogan who says this is wrong. We have MBS who says it's okay. 
what's going to happen here. I guarantee you that the Chinese are not going to listen to Erdogan. From Zero Hedge, MBS in China, once again, Mohammed bin Salman strikes $10 billion refinery deal. Chinese to be taught in all Saudi schools. Perhaps the most interesting aspect to the trip is that cultural exchange appears to have been a key emphasis, given the Saudi foreign ministry announced after the ZMBS meeting on Friday that the kingdom has committed to implementing Chinese language programs in schools across the kingdom. The foreign minister announced the effort via its official social media accounts explaining the kingdom will now include Chinese language instruction as part of KSA's educational curriculum in all schools and universities. KSA means Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Okay, we'll go on. The statement emphasized the initiative will contribute to increasing trade and cultural ties between the two nations. Meanwhile, Saudi Arabia and China appear to be shoring up ties as both feel the heat of U.S. pressures and isolation. China amidst an ongoing trade war with the U.S. and Saudi Arabia after killing the journalist Koshagi last year. So there you go with that. And you can see how these alliances are being made. And eventually, the Bible says that the way is going to be open for the kings of East to come in. That's in the book of Revelation. Well, we have alliances being made. One of the things, and I may talk about it next week, is that why is China so interested in Tibet and in uh, this far remote province over there, it's because that is the Silk Road. That is the way that they can get through those mountains and get over to Europe and get over to Israel and all of these other places without that. And so if we have China going through a heavily populated Muslim area and they're blowing people up all the time, derailing their trains, the Silk Road will, it'll end. And so that is why they are interested in this. It all comes down to money. It all comes down to alliances. And so this thing that's happening with uh, MBS and Saudi Arabia may seem like it's unimportant. It ain't. It's very important. Okay, from the Jerusalem Post. U.S. Fakistinian mission to merge with Israel embassy in March. I reported on this about six months ago. Trump says we're going to merge the two together. They're not going to have their own little uh, place to meet the United States like a consulate anymore. They're going to put it under the U.S. Embassy, which is in Jerusalem. Guess what? I think it happens tomorrow. The decision to create a single diplomatic mission was announced last October by Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who did not say at the time when this would take place. The U.S. Consulate General in Jerusalem, which serves Fakistinians, will be absorbed into the new U.S. Embassy to Israel in March, giving a date for a merger that has been condemned by the Fakistinians. They hate this because it's taking away their prior, their, uh, uh, what do you call it, Uh, you know, when uh, prestige is the word I'm thinking of. It's taking away their prestige by taking away their office and their link to the United States, just like when Trump closed their ambassador mission or their diplomatic mission in Washington, D.C. a few months ago as well. Good job, President Trump. From Mongolia, from Mansame, MIAT, which is the Mongolian International Air Transport, MIAT receives Most Distinctive Airline Award. Mongolia's got it. The MIAT, Mongolia Airlines, was presented the Most Distinctive Airline Award in the annual Guangzhou International Travel Fair that took place in China. 956 tourism and airline companies of 45 countries participated at this year's fair, which has taken place for 25 years in Guangzhou, 
city. The airline is to operate scheduled flights to Guangzhou twice a week for the duration of summer in 2019. So good job, Mongolia. From Daniel 12 Technology, from SeaTech, these goggles enable surgeons to see right through you. They're working on you and they can see right through you while they're working on you. Israel-based Augmetics Limited has developed a set of goggles giving surgeons X-ray-like visualization capabilities. Called X-Vision, the headset projects X-ray-like 3D visualization of the patient in real time, allowing surgeons to see through the patient's skin, muscle tissue, and bone. The imaging is projected onto the surgeon's retina using the transparent display headset, kind of like what a fighter pilot uses allowing surgeons to simultaneously look at their patient as well as seeing the necessary navigation data without averting their eyes to a remote screen. The headset is intended for use in surgeries where a reference to a rigid anatomical structure like the spine or the pelvis can be identified. Very interesting. Zero Hedge. China plans to build space solar station. If this works, this, this would solve all of the world's energy needs. That's why it probably won't work for a while. But anyway, the Space Solar Station planned to orbit the Earth at 22,370 miles could provide an inexhaustible source of clean energy for humans. Such solar power technology could supply reliable energy 99% of the time and have six times the intensity of solar farms that work on the Earth. China will start by launching small solar stations between 2021 and 2025, while a possible next step would be a megawatt-level station planned to be built in 2030. That's just 10 years away. The energy from the space solar station would be converted into a microwave or laser beam that would be sent to Earth. However, the project has two major hurdles to overcome in order to become a practical solution. One is the weight of a space solar station expected to be more than two times the weight of the ISS. The other is the safety impact of laser or microwave beams sent to Earth. According to Caltech's research, collecting solar power in space and transmitting the energy wirelessly to Earth through microwaves enables terrestrial power availability unaffected by weather or time of day. Solar power could be continuously available anywhere on Earth. Very cool. Revelation Plagues today from NBC life-threatening insect-borne diseases spike in anybody know where no venezuela yes when you have an economy like that it's bound to happen we'll send that lady from uh, new york down there and let her live there venezuela grapples with an escalating humanitarian and political crisis Experts are warning about a surge in potentially deadly diseases transmitted by insects that could jeopardize public health improvements in the country and the Americas. Venezuela is seeing a resurgence in diseases like malaria, dengue, Zika, and Chagas disease. One of the wealthiest nations in Latin America, Venezuela used to be a leader in public health efforts and mosquito control programs. 1961. The World Health Organization certified it as the first country to eradicate malaria. Almost six decades after this, Venezuela finds itself wrestling with one of the largest malaria increases reported worldwide. An analysis of published and unpublished data shows that Venezuela saw an estimated 359% increase in malaria cases from 2010 to 2015. And that's probably right about the time that their previous president, Chavez, uh, condemned Israel. He said that uh, cur- he cursed Israel. 
And at that time, that's probably about when this started happening. The incidence of dengue increased by more than four times from 1990 to 2016. Similarly, the frequency of Zika outbreaks with epidemic potential appear to be increasing as experts found 2,057 cases of Zika versus per 100,000 people. The prevalence of such diseases comes at a time when Venezuela is going through a crisis of historic proportions with shortages in food, medicine, and vaccinations. More Venezuelans are dying of preventable diseases, and the country is seeing seven-digit inflation. And this is what the socialists in the United States of America want in this country. They think that it'll work this time. It's never worked. In, yeah, we can do it better. Yeah, that's, they will do it better. They will completely destroy this world when they get control of the major governments of this world. Uh, let's see here. More Venezuelans are dying of preventable diseases, and the country is seeing seven-digit inflation. The report authors mainly attributed the spike in cases to these living conditions, as well as a decline in mosquito control activities known as vector control programs. The health systems in Venezuela are in a very fragile state. Supplies, medicines, health infrastructures are lacking so that logistics to treat these diseases are not working. Sad state of affairs for morality today. Reuters. Trump admin bans abortion referrals at U.S.-funded clinics. Good job, President Trump. The Trump admin said that taxpayer-funded family planning clinics, which primarily serve low-income Americans, will no longer be able to refer patients for abortions, a move that critics vowed to challenge in court, of course. The new regulation announced by the DHHS as part of Title X, the program currently subsidizes health centers such as those run by the nonprofit Plan Murderhood, which provides contraception, health screenings, and abortions. Plan Murderhood serves about 41% of Title X patients and receives up to $60 million a year in federal funds for family planning services. To continue, receiving taxpayer subsidies under the program, health clinics will have to comply with the new rule. Its key elements include prohibiting referral for abortion as a method of family planning. The rule eliminates the requirement that Title X providers offer abortion counseling and referral. The rule would also require clear financial and physical separation between Title X funding projects and programs or facilities where abortion is a method of family planning. The law already bans recipients of Title X funds from using those funds to perform abortions. So he's making the right choices. He said he would defund Planned Parenthood, and this is, in essence, a defunding because they are all in the same facilities. So we'll see where it goes with this. But the, the problem we have, especially with places like Planned Parenthood, is the money goes from the government to Planned Parenthood. And then Planned Parenthood sends all of their charitable contributions to the Democrat Party of the United States. It's just like the unions in America, and so it's a self-perpetuating way of them staying in power by having these people just pass government money from one hand to another. And so this is another way of getting rid of that. I'm so glad he's done this, and like I said, we'll see where that goes. From Zero Hedge, French schools replace mother and father with parent one and parent two. Yeah. The French National Assembly this week, it was last week, passed an education reform bill which included an amendment to replace all instances of the words mother and father on official school-related paperwork with the gender-neutral phrases parent one and parent two. The amendment aims to root in law children's family diversity in administrative forms submitted in school. 
And a sign of just how fraught with controversy this provision has become, even the president of the French Association for Same-Sex Parents has criticized the decision. Can anybody think of why? Number two is demeaning. Number two is demeaning. That's exactly right. Arguing that it could create a parental hierarchy. Exactly. Who is parent number one and who is parent number two? How about A and B? A and B. There we go. I'm sorry. I, a and B won't do. I'll think of a reason in a second, and I'll get it to you. Yeah, one and two. doesn't matter what you do. Somebody will always find it dissatisfying. From News 3, all-female Boy Scouts group created in central Arkansas. This is not the first of them, but I thought it's an all-female Boy Scouts group. Create, yes. Listen, I'm just reading the article, okay? I'll read it again. News 3, all-female Boy Scouts group created in central Arkansas, and this is not the first. Ten girls stood in a single line alongside the Boy Scouts of Troop 17 and raised three fingers on their right hands as they recited the Boy Scouts' oath during a recent ceremony in the First United Methodist Church, yes, of Bryant. The girls aged 11 through 17 are the founding members of Troop 19. The group became the first all-girls troop chartered by the Quapaw Area Council of the Boy Scouts of America. All-girls troops are starting to crop up elsewhere in the state, too. All-girls troops have formed in the Conway, Whitehall, and Cabot, or Cabot since the Bryant troops' induction, and the council plans to add 10 or 12 more all-girl troops in the next month. Boy Scouts of America began accepting applications for all-girl troops in February for girls aged 11 through 17. The all-boys troops and all-girls troops follow the same program and offer the same opportunity to earn the rank of Eagle Scout, the highest rank attainable in the program. Members of Bryant's Troop 19 hope the troop serves as a model for other states that have yet to add all-girls troops to their ranks, Scoutmaster Tim McEwen Scout said. Okay. Why even bother getting out of the Girl Scouts if you have an all-girls troop? It doesn't make any sense other than to destroy the fabric of our society. That's all this is, is an attempt to continue. Now, I will read this next one. You can say whatever you want. You may have seen it already, and then I will tell you something else that I saw this morning. From Fox, Meghan Markle, who's the girl that married into the British royalty. She's half black, right? Okay. And she married into the royalty. Meghan Markle says she plans to raise child with fluid approach to gender. Yes. In other words, they can raise boy or girl. They're going to let the child decide what gender they will have. Okay. We are going to raise the child with a fluid approach to gender. Now, before I give my comments on what I read this morning, my friend John Haller up in Ohio, he, uh, we emailed back and forth, and he said um, his, he gave a comment. Long live the queen. No matter which way you go with that, long live the queen. Okay, this morning I read an article on, I don't remember the service, but anyway, so I'm going to misquote it a little bit, but they said that this was taken entirely out of context. This is Buckingham Palace that said, this is not true, that's taken entirely out of context. But, but, they are trying to deny this, but her word was fluid. We are going to raise this child in a fluid way. And in today's speak, that, that means only one thing. So she intends to do this, and now she's getting blowback from Buckingham Palace is what's going on. They did not like that she said that. But that is her intent, is to raise the child a fruit loop. Anyway, yeah. 
Our other category. Um, oh, you know what? Some, because we're in the other category now. Last week, I was talking about the Constitution, about uh, obeying laws that are in there. Vic disagreed with me. I got several emails that disagreed with me. Some of them were very uh, coherent. They were uh, from One was from a lawyer who gave a great argument. He said, you need to handle the Constitution the way you handle the Bible. I'm not a constitutional scholar. I don't have time for it. That is not my thing. I will say this, that if something is in accord with the U.S. Constitution of the United States of America, you need to obey that law. That is all there is to it. I'm never going to tell somebody to violate a law that is constitutional. At the same time, if a law is passed and it is unconstitutional, we have challenges to those type of laws within this country. People need to challenge those things and they need to stand against them. Okay. I'm not a constitutional scholar, but I will say this, that if those laws that were passed, like out in New Mexico, the gun law, if those are wrong, then fine. Do whatever you want with that. But I am in a position where if I say you should be disobeying this law and I find out I'm wrong because I don't understand the law, I'm the one that's going to be blamed for that. Okay, so my thought, let me read you something that I just read this morning on my friend Derry. uh, He's a great guy, old Marine. Um, Let me see if it's still up on my thing. So, like, if they pass a law saying everybody only have one child and you have to abort any other after that. Well, that, that is unconstitutional. Sure. That, that right. You even disobey that even some if the... reason that they pass something like that, that's something that you... As you a must, could, as a Christian, you must disobey right, a, a exactly. immoral law. You must. And we talked about that particular issue last week. If they mandate abortion, then you must disobey that law because abortion is murder. That's all there is to it. But let me read you what this is a thing that my friend posted. It's from a news clip, The Law of the Land. The general misconception is that any statute passed by legislatures, which is what Vic was arguing against last week, bearing the appearance of law constitutes the law of the land. The U.S. Constitution is the supreme law of the land. And I completely agree with that. And any statute to be valid must be in agreement with the Constitution. It is impossible for a law which violates the Constitution to be valid. This is succinctly stated as follows. This is from Marbury versus Madison. Is that what you cited last week? Yes, sir. Okay. All laws which are repugnant to the Constitution are null and void. That is the Supreme Court of the United States that came up with that decision. So you have to stand on your own understanding of the Constitution and your own desire to be obedient to the law. But if something is not in accord with the U.S. Constitution, then we have a right to work against it. But I would suggest you take that right through the court system, because if not, you might find yourself in jail and you're doing nobody any good at all. You're wasting your time and you're not listening to the superior word prophecy update, Bible studies and sermons. So there you go. I wanted to get that out of the way. I thank everybody that emailed me on that because a lot of people were concerned about it. My intent is to make sure people obey the law. If it is a valid law in the sanctuary cities, we know we know that we have a right to govern immigration in this country. And therefore, these things that they are doing in sanctuary cities is illegal. Okay, absolutely. Second, the gun laws. Listen, we have a Second Amendment right to a gun. That is all there is to that issue. We have a Second Amendment right. If they start heaping on laws, they are to be challenged in the court. But somebody emailed me and they asked a very valid question. If they threw away the Second Amendment, would you get rid of your laws? And it'll never happen. 
The Second Amendment will never be gotten rid of. You need to understand the way that the amendments come into uh, being. I think it's two-thirds of the House, two-thirds of the Senate have to agree on it. The president has to agree on it. And then it has to go out to the states, and either two-thirds or three-quarters of the states have to agree. It's a long, drawn-out process, and it will never happen with the gun rights. Never. Okay? At least not in our lifetime. So we have a right to guns, and I will never give up my guns. Ever. I would say that right here on YouTube and everywhere else. I will never give up my guns because we will always have a Second Amendment. They cannot take away our Second Amendment rights. They can try, but they will not do it. On we go. Other category. From KHOU. Online iPhone sales end with deadly shooting of 17-year-old in Galveston County. The reason why I'm including this is because it's something you all need to be aware of. You see a, a, you know, iPhone for sale or somebody wants to buy an iPhone and you go to meet them, it could be a setup, okay? A man who police said just wanted to buy an iPhone ended up shooting and killing a would-be robber in rural Galveston County. The 38-year-old man answered an ad on OfferUp app for late-model iPhone for approximately $500 in cash. The man agreed to meet the seller about 5 a.m. That's a little early for buying a phone. He arrived at the spot and met with 17-year-old Joshua Wooten. He said Wooten handed him an empty iPhone box and then tried to rob him. The man was armed and shot Wooten three times, according to detectives. Wooten was flown to a hospital where he was pronounced dead. I would call that taxpayer relief. From Zero Hedge, former federal prosecutor, we are in a civil war. I buy guns. Former federal prosecutor who, if you watch Fox News, he's on there quite often, Joe D. Genova. I haven't seen Fox in probably eight years. I just don't have TV, so I don't watch TV. But anyway, he says civil discourse is over in America and recommends voting and buying guns because we are in a civil war. This is his words. There's two standards of justice, one for Democrats, one for Republicans. The press is all Democrat, all liberal, all progressive, all left. They hate Republicans. They hate Trump. So the suggestion that there is ever going to be civil discourse in this country for the foreseeable future in this country is over. It's not going to be. It's going to be total war. And I say to my friends, I do two things. I vote. I buy guns. The National. China has unveiled its first female AI news anchor. If you saw it, it's kind of cute. I reported on the male news anchor about three months ago, maybe four months ago. They have AI. There's no person there. They just have a voice, and it's just an AI person, and we're heading into the bizarro world here. (laughs) Apart from a few stiff facial muscles, I can't pronounce her name, she's remarkably lifelike, complete with hand adjustments while on camera and just enough on-cue blinking. So there you have no more news announcers in China. It's what the state feeds you through artificial intelligence. From LMT Online, India orders staggering eviction of one million indigenous people. That's a lot of people being moved. India's Supreme Court has ordered its government to evict one million people from their homes for the good of the country's wildlife. That's what they say. The ruling was a startling conclusion to a decade-long case that has pitted the rights of some of India's most vulnerable citizens against the preservation of its forests. The court told the government to evict them, mostly members of indigenous tribes, from their homes in public forest land because they had not met the legal criterion to live there. The battle for, here it is, 
Mineral-rich forest land, yes, is not new in India. The ruling is the latest flashpoint in the competing interests of industry, wildlife, conservationists, and forest communities. In the last 30 years, the government has diverted 5,400 square miles of forest land, that's the size of Connecticut, for industrial projects, many of which were opposed by the indigenous people. Now the court says that those whose claims were rejected must go by July 27. They're going to move a million people in just a few months. Who knows? Probably into the city so they can monitor them more closely. They can get tax revenue from them. They, they already have that odd horror system in there where they're all monitored. They all have to pay through a, a, a phone app. Everybody's been given a phone in the country. This is how you control people like that. And if you look at the pictures of these people, just type in indigenous India Indian tribes. These people... Uh, they look just like any tribe you'd see in Papua New Guinea. They are just very primitive people, some of them, and they have been living there probably since people first immigrated or migrated to India after the Tower of Babel. But there you go. It says um, the number of affected people is estimated up to 1.89 million when more states comply with the order, almost 2 million people. From Zero Hedge, you hear that anywhere else? Okay, good. I like to have news that other people aren't reporting on. Zero Hedge, Albert Edwards. This is a guy from Sokgen, which is a French company. I was quite shocked by my last visit to San Francisco. I'm not going to read the article, but this guy has seen that place turn into a toilet. Just filthy. Leave it up to liberals. That's what you're going to get. Zero Hedge, <coughs> teachers' unions are stopping superior charter schools in their tracks. The teachers' unions are completely wiping out people's attempts to get into charter schools, and they're getting rid of them because they know they are incompetent. These are well-trained people, and it reflects badly on them. So they use the weight of the unions to destroy charter schools. From time, climate change doubter is leading effort to advise President Trump on climate change security. Good job. He got a doubter in the climate panel. I love it. That's kind of like a kick in their head. You know, he does that very well. WBAY, 82-year-old Wisconsin crossing guard. This is an old lady. Wisconsin crossing guard pushes kids to safety before being hit by an SUV. 82 years old, and she lived. Good job, Grandma. And here's a place where she can go to retire. She'll have a very easy job. Mail online, school to open for just one pupil after it taught its last student 15 years ago in Wyoming. That's a booming town there, I gotta tell you what. But send granny out there and she can take care of that one child. She'll do a good job, I guarantee you. I, I almost cried when I read that. She was willing to give her life up for those children. Ah, I got a lesserick here for you. Could be a Catholic, I don't know. They send me two and I pick one. If I have room for two, I do it, I don't. Um, here we go, Israel surgeons can see to your spine. Operations will turn out just fine. They will fix up your bone, then let you go home. Israel's genius is truly sublime. Good job. All right, and I got a couple of ironies here for you. I don't believe in karma, but that's the title, so don't send me an email. Instant karma, thief suffers a fatal heart attack while opening a car door to mug an evangelical pastor. Mm, yeah. And Mail Online, this is so funny. This came out about three weeks ago, and I've been waiting for the right theme. We got a couple people that have died here. I finally have the smoking hot body that I've always wanted. 
having been cremated. Grandmother leaves the internet in stitches after writing her own hilarious obituary. So she says, I finally have the smoking hot body I've always wanted. <laughs> Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your prophecy update for the week.